Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of the Final Score Podcast. Hope everyone is having a great summer. I know my guests this week are having a great summer. Uh, Mike Mummert spent 39 years at Walkersville High School, including 20 as the school's athletic director. Mike Desimone, meanwhile, worked for 26 years at Middletown High School and served as the school's athletic director since 2013. And now both of these gentlemen are enjoying the first few months of their retirement, and they were kind enough to step out of their retirement and join me today on the podcast. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Very good. Hi, Greg. Uh, Mike Mummert, why was, why was now the time to, to step away? Um, well, obviously, after 39 years, the last few years, I've been thinking about uh, how long I wanted to stay and when I wanted to uh, step away. My wife retired last year. We were going to go out together last year. And uh, with the COVID situation, I just didn't want to end on that note. So I decided to stay this past year, one more year. And uh, as the year went on, it became apparent to me, seeing my wife and her retirement and how things were going, that that's something that I uh, became more interested as the year went on and uh, decided it was time. Everybody always says, you know when the right time is. And I just uh, got the feeling as the year went on that it was time for me to make that decision. Excellent. And um, we dra- we dragged Mike Desimone in off off of the beach on, on the North Carolina coast. Mike, Mike appreciate you, you uh, stepping off the beach for a few seconds for us here. And I'll, and I'll ask you the same question. Why, why, why was it time to step away? Well, first, uh, you know, there are some changes coming into uh, Frederick County Public Schools with the athletic director position. And um, part of me wanted to uh, get through the process uh, now in terms of retiring now um, so that we can hopefully transition that easier for somebody down the road. Uh, and that was part of it. The other part of it and the biggest part of it is that I spent so many years really serving, uh, serving community, and, and I, I wanted to do the same with my family. And you know, my wife has been very gracious enough all these years to allow me to to be out five or six days a week and uh, covering events and being around our coaches and being around our, our student athletes and our community. And and uh, I think it's time that I try to be there for her a little bit more. And so uh, with our kids growing up and moving on and doing their things, um, we had an opportunity that I could do this. And uh, that's what I chose to do. Yeah, I mean, that, that's one thing I, I don't think people realize is when you're an AD, you're, you're at school during sporting events and sporting events happen at night. And so that's a lot of nights and evenings away from the family. So, uh so as, as both of your families, uh, 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 I'm sure we're very accommodating and, and, and I know you guys both were very appreciative of, the, of their patience and, and understanding. So I, I'm curious about the relationship you guys had, though, because Mike Mummert, you're the AD at Walker at Walkersville, or you were, and Mike Desimone, uh, you were the AD at Middletown. And, and those are, of course, arch rival schools. So so what sort of relationship uh, uh, did you guys uh, uh, have? Did it ever get chippy between you being the ADs of rival schools? Uh, absolutely not. It's always a pleasure working with Mike. <laughs> he's, a, 
Seriously, a true professional. I always enjoyed. Uh, we worked extremely well together and accommodated each other and changes that had to be made or issues that came up. Uh, I've never had any animosity and always felt comfortable calling Mike and talking to him about things. And it was fantastic. Uh, couldn't, have, couldn't have been any better. Did, did you ever curse uh, Marbert under your breath there, Mike Decimo? No, you know, people don't realize, even though there's a big tradition between Walkersville and Middletown, um, people don't realize there's actually a lot more in common between Walkersville and Middletown than than they know of. Uh, you know, we're both, we were both for the longest time, the only two A schools. Uh, so we weren't in the big school category, weren't in a small school category. So when it came time for scheduling, when it came time for uh, trying to figure out which direction things might go, uh, we were always the one who was, were, were somewhat kind of out of the picture because they would, be, they would ask the large schools or they'd ask the small schools. And so uh, Mike and I, whenever we had opportunities to talk and talk about these things, we, you know, it was, we, we had a common bond between us because of that. And so I don't think our relationship was ever at issue um, because of the rivalry. I think there is more things that brought us closer together than just simply being a rival between the Knights and the Lions. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, go, go ahead, Mike. I, 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 you, know, you know, the other thing about the rivalry is the, it is a tremendous, uh, tremendous rivalry, and the competition is always uh, uh, just amazing. But the respect that that I think our athletes in school has for Middletown is, uh, oh, that's what makes it so great to compete against them. It's, uh, it's just a absolutely great rivalry yeah. to have. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious how you guys got your jobs, Mike. Mike Desimone, we'll start with you. Um, well, I started off in PG County. I started off at Bladensburg High School, and at Bladensburg High School, I actually uh, was a football coach there, and this guy came in my second year there. His name was Vince Ahern, and Vince Ahern came in as the offense coordinator, and uh, we worked together for a couple of years before he went to Suitland High School, and then when he uh, had an opportunity to come up to Frederick High to be the coach at Frederick High School, he encouraged me to apply uh, – for and, and to come up and hopefully coach with him and, and that's what I did and I was very fortunate enough to get a job at Middletown High School and along with that came a job as the head baseball coach and and so I came up here basically uh, um, to come up and, and continue working and coaching with Vince Ahern which we did for two years. And, and Mike Mummert how did you become the AD at Walkersville? Um, well, I guess because I became one of the older coaches in the building, I had coached for 19 years under uh, some tremendous coaches. And uh, when Dave Miller moved on as, from athletic director and passed it to Dave Schrodel, and then Dave Schrodel decided it was time for him uh, to step away from teaching and coaching, being athletic director. I was, um, you know, one of the ones that had been around uh, and one of the, you know, one of the oldest coaches in the building. And I really hadn't thought a whole lot about it until they sort of approached me about it. And uh, I don't, not sure looking back on it, if I would have done it at the time, if I wasn't still allowed to coach, because when I originally took it over, 
uh, the athletic director, I was still the varsity basketball coach. And it wasn't but about three years later that the county decided that you couldn't coach and be an athletic director. I don't know what I would have done at the time uh, if uh, I would have had to make the choice between one and the other because I still was uh, very much enjoying being the varsity basketball coach at the time I was the athletic director. But um, it's just was sort of a process of uh, looking around in the building who I guess had the, the most experience or had been around uh, most often. I think they wanted to keep the job in the building. So that's sort of the way it evolved for me. Uh, I want to go ahead, Mike. Greg, if, if you don't mind, I'd also like to add, and I'm pretty sure the, the same as Mike, that, uh, you know, getting getting the job as an AD is not just about uh, understanding athletics and um, sitting back and listening, but it's also about forming relationships. And I, I think both of us would agree. I know I, will, I understand that, you know, having those relationships in the building and having those relationships in the county uh, became a huge part of, of me becoming an athletic director. Yeah. Um, I, w I want to talk to you guys about the rise of Frederick County sports. I mean, a, a, as you well know, over the last 15 to 20 years, uh, in, in your time as athletic directors, uh, Frederick County has really become a premier location for, for high school sports uh, in Maryland. Uh, it's produced so many great teams, uh, so many great athletes, and uh, uh, lots of state champions o across the board in, in a number of sports. And I'm just curious why you guys think that has happened. Well, why, why has Frederick County become such a premier uh, location for, for high school sports? Uh, what, are, what are the biggest reasons, Mike Desimone? Um, I First of all, I think that Frederick County has a great community of people who care about what they're doing. So you have a lot of, a lot of athletes out there because we, when it comes to having athletes, we have athletes who have the resources and are willing to put in the time and energy uh, to go and do those things above and beyond what's expected of, of many. And so having those resources and having that desire and dedication goes a long way because when you, when one person has it, it tends to trickle to two or three. And then of course it filters into a team. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things. And we're very fortunate that we have that. We have those, the people in the community who have that desire to be, to be better than just best. They, they want to excel not only in athletics, but they want to use athletics to try to excel as a person. Uh, Mike Mummer, what are your thoughts on Frederick County sports? Uh, I would uh, echo that. I think our communities that we have and the traditions that our communities have for our athletic programs that uh, we have uh, – we have situations where kids want to be involved because they see what's happening with our athletes and see the traditions that have been formed and, and the bonds they can make. Uh, I also would say we have, uh, have and have had and are very fortunate to have a, a outstanding pool of coaches in our county who are extremely dedicated uh, to our athletes and uh, put so much time and energy into um, these teams that uh, that's that is our probably our best asset as far as I'm concerned is our our staff our people I can think back over my years of coaching the number of wonderful coaches that have gone through this county and the, and the teams that they have built and programs they have built and it's it's definitely a key to success of athletics in this county. Yeah. And, and go ahead, go ahead, Greg, Mike. you know, you see, you see that in the fact that, 
you know, the number of years that our coaches are staying in our buildings and coaching. And that's that consistency, not only with the head coach, but the relationships they build with their assistant coaches and the desire for the assistant coaches to stay around, you know, that, that, that leads to a tremendous amount of um, respect, but it's a respect to people who, you know, our student athletes know what is expected of them uh, when they come to these programs. And it's, it's because of the coaches and uh, the programs that these coaches have, have developed. And, and I think I, w- I just want to take a second to make sure I, you know, echoed a lot of what Mike just said. Yeah. I wanted to ask you guys about the, the, the number of quality coaches in the County. I mean, how do you, how do you find a good coach? Is it just good luck or Mike, is it the interpersonal relationships that you form or uh, how do you guys, so many good coaches have worked for, for both of you. Um, how do you go about finding a good coach? Uh, which Mike were you asking that one? Uh, go ahead, Mike. Bo- go ahead. But bo- go ahead, Mummer. Both, bo- <laughs> both. Bo- I want both of you to respond. <laughs> well, um, uh, let me see how I put this uh, correctly. It used to be when we would uh, put an application out there for a coach. A coach um, several years back, we were very fortunate to get. Uh, a number of qualified candidates. And a lot of times the younger coaches that these professionals that have been there for a long time, when it was time to pass the program over, there had been people that had been working uh, in the program who was just natural that this was a great time for them to take over. They've been around. I mean, that's the way I was brought up in coaching. I was the freshman coach and the JV coach for a number of wonderful coaches. And then when it was their time to move on, they had groomed me that, okay, it was my, my time. And I, you know, was ready to take it. You had to put your own spin on things, but the, the program was built. You just didn't need to mess it up and you needed to put your, you know, your own thumbprint on it. Um, we used to have a lot of coaches in the building. Uh, I can remember I first started, I probably had 60% of my coaches in the building uh, when I left, I think I was down to less than 20. So that is an extreme concern, how we keep these quality coaches uh, with working with our kids. And uh, now when we have open positions, I don't wasn't getting as many candidates that were applying. And it is a, an extreme concern, I would say, for our county right now that uh, uh, we need to continue to keep a quality pool of candidates uh, for coaching because... Um, we don't have the coaches in the building we have. We don't uh, seem to, our coaches aren't staying around as long as they did. And I would say that it is a challenge to keep uh, the, the really good coaches in your building now. And that would be a concern of mine. Mike, Mike do you share that concern? Absolutely. Uh, finding coaches stay, uh, finding coaches stay has become more difficult. Teachers used to uh, used to coach a lot more in terms of you used to have, you know, when you get two or three coaches and uh, teachers in the building out of that, you might get one who is a teacher. And now it's a lot more difficult there. They're, the amount of time that they have to spend doing their teaching stuff and what the expectations there has made it more difficult for them. Um, and, and so with that regard, you also put into things of what's required of the, of coaches to coach, even volunteer coaches still have to go through the whole process uh, which is fine. I mean, we want to make sure our coaches have all the tools available to them, but uh, it, it is very difficult and at times it can be costly to them. Um, but what I can tell you in terms of uh, one of the, one of the best things with our, with coaches is being able to understand how to 
both lead and serve our coaches. And that's what any, hopefully a good athletic athletic director will be able to do is, you know, know, know when to be there for them and help them and know when to simply just be there for them when they want to talk. Um, the key now is to find other coaches who can do that in your stead. Um, you know, to, to, to build a mentorship program with the coaches, because in the end of the day, um, it just gives them another resource besides you. Uh, and, and, a, and it could be a resource that is a little bit more innovative, a little bit more thoughtful in terms of being up with the speed in terms of what's going on coaching. As much as we try to do that, uh, they're the ones doing it every day. So if you can build that program and keep those coaches connected to one another in your building, uh, I think that'll go a long way with keeping good quality coaches. Well, why is it tougher to find them? Is it just the family demands, the work demands? Is is, is does the stipend uh, need to be increased, uh, Mike Mummert? Why why is it tougher to find coaches? What are the what are the big reasons? Would you say? Well, I would definitely put a pitch in for. I think uh, for the time and energy and expectations of a coach, I think uh, FCPS uh, uh, we could pay them. Uh, <laughs> If you look at uh, around the uh, people around us and what some of the coaches are getting paid, and like we're saying, they, the bang for the buck we're getting in Frederick County Athletics here, that I would uh, say that uh, that's something that should be considered. Um, and again, for you know what the, what the expectations are, what the requirements are, the time, energy, and effort. Uh, when you go back and put how much you're putting into coaching and if you'd ever figure it out what you're making, uh, you're definitely not doing it for the money. You're doing it as a volunteer because you love what you're doing because I think one of the times that when I was even coaching years ago, you're making probably like less than a dollar an hour. Yeah, it's pennies. It's pennies on the dollar, way less than minimum wage. Yes, and so you got to figure out what's – is it worth uh, all the time that you're putting in when you could be putting your, spending your time elsewhere and making some more money, but you definitely do it because you love what you're doing and you love the kids and you love athletics. That's the reason we still continue to get quality coaches, but you know, everybody has to put, uh, make a decision on what their time is worth. And, uh, you know, sometimes when things are not going so great with the year and the program and people, uh, you know, you get some some issues happening. Sometimes our coaches think, is it all really, really worth it? And thank goodness we still have plenty that, that feel it is. And the, and the churn is still – the turnover of coaches, the churn uh, is going to accelerate, right, in, in le- unless something changes, right, Mike Decimo? Absolutely it's going to accelerate. Uh, these, the coaches stay are – it's not about just being, it's not about knowing X's and O's. I mean, you have to be uh, not only somebody who understands the sets of the game, but you also have to be somewhat of a psychologist and you have to be uh, a a motivator and you have to be somebody who is a great communicator. I mean, there's a lots of roles and hats that, that coaches today have to play and you have to weigh a lot of those things versus, you know, how much time do I, how much time do I give to, do I give up from my family to give to somebody else? And, you know, the, these coaches, they are, they're, it's a big sacrifice. And, and um, you know, with our society today, you're starting to see a lot more of uh, people want is immediate gratification. And a lot of our, a lot of people out there think that everybody is going to get a college scholarship. And we know the reality is that very seldomly happens. 
we play the game because we love it. We play the game because we, we use it as a means of building in our building our educational sets and building some lifelong lessons and some skills that they can take afterwards. And if you happen to be good enough and you happen to get a scholarship or you happen, you know, you happen to go play on in college, that's just a bonus. And if you're a, if you're a division one player or you're somebody who's uh, who set gets you to the next level, then that's, there's a lot of things that were, were there simply because of who you are and not of what anybody's done. Um, but it, it, these coaches do take a lot. Uh, they do. And, um, you know, they keep coming back and my gosh, we just, we, we can't be thankful enough that, uh, uh, they give up the time and t- the time they do for, for our student athletes at our respective schools, our prospective schools. Uh, do you agree, Mike Desmond, that the stipend could be increased to, to keep uh, some of these good coaches around? Uh, I, I mean, obviously you want to pay people what you think they're valued at. And, you know, the only way to do that is to increase the stipend. I, I don't know if that's going to keep people here. Uh, I, I think what might keep people here is if you increase the number of stipends um, and, and then you can have more coaches as opposed to having uh, an increase in the amount of money one coach gets. So you're, you're providing avenue to gain more coaches who have a um, have more of a desire to be here and have a reason to stay to, to not be around their family as much as they're going to be around other kids. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious about some of your fondest memories, guys, in your time both coaching and and as an AD. Uh, Mike Mummert, what, what what springs to mind when you think of some of your fondest memories? Uh, it's definitely all about the relationships uh, all the way across the board from uh, teacher relationships, administrator relationships, uh, coaching, definitely the people that I've met through uh, my coaching experiences and uh my community, the members of the community that come out and support our kids and and you see them coming in your contest night in and night out and get to say hi and talk to them, get to know them. Uh, and then most importantly is the is the kids, the kids that I've coached and the kids that I've watched uh, throughout the years and you get to see how they are progressing and when they move on through college and in their professional careers, uh, all the relationships is, is definitely what it's all about. Uh, Mike Desimone, your fondest memories? So first I would agree with Mike. I mean, those relationships are huge. I, had, I just got a uh, text message the other day from uh, from one of my former students and a former lacrosse player at Middletown. He talked about, uh, you know, remembering 9-11 and, uh, the, and that day in the classroom. So that that that's huge. Those things go a long way. But um, one of my fondest memories was at a state wrestling meet when Sean Mulliken won the state championship and um i remember i was sitting there and i looked over at his mom and dad and his mom and his dad was filming the the match and his mom was there but but they were excited and the reason why i say it's one of my funnest memories because i I, matter of fact i have this picture in my i had it in my office and and i have it uh with me and it's going to go wherever i go sean jumped into his dad's arms didn't he (laughs) afterwards he jumped but 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 the picture is, um, you know, there's a picture. Mr. Um, um, Dutcher took this picture, and it's a picture of Sean's dad filming and his mom, you know, celebrating. But all the other parents up there are jumping higher than them, too. <laughs> they were celebrating more than Sean's parents were. And to me, 
that was a special moment yeah when somebody else was happy for another person's son yeah that because that that you know when when we're celebrating other people's successes and victories um, as a community, there's nothing bigger than that. And if you can, if you can get your team to do that, uh, you're going to go a lot of, you're going to go places and it, and not just in victories. You're going to go a lot of places in life. Right. Uh, we're running out of time here on our zoom, but, uh, how, how much will you guys miss your jobs? Will, will, will we still see you around games? Uh, just, just real fast. What will retirement life look for, for, for each of you, Mike Mommert, you could start. I just had a discussion with my wife the other day saying it's going to be odd this year uh, when the fall season starts. And uh, I'm definitely going to go back and continue to support the athletes in school. But to be able to sit there and actually watch a contest and not be worrying about every all the details that are going on around me that, uh, you know, I catch plays here and there or uh, minutes here and there. But there's always something to do as an athletic director where you're in and out um, it's going to be wonderful just to sit and watch and and be able to enjoy a game yeah no one's going to need anything from you while, while, yeah, while, while you're at the game right mike <laughs> huh. well i can tell you for me I, I i really don't know because i don't know where i'm going to be um I, do i want to be back up there and, and coming to the games absolutely i do um will i will i be there i'll be there in many ways uh live streaming is this is is um, something that we most people have now so even if i can't be there i'm certainly going to be watching and supporting you know once you're a knight you're kind of always a knight in my heart that's special so are you are you, um, are you you're going to be go a full-time north carolinian uh, mike Desimone? i don't know um I, I don't know to be honest with you because um uh no i'm not going to be full-time not not right now yeah uh, you know i um my family, my dad is still back home and, and um, I'm going to be there for my dad as much as I can. He's been a, a great father for me and I want to make sure I can you know, return that favor and be a great son. And so when he needs me, I want to be there. What will the, lo- what will the local golf courses do if you guys, if you guys weren't around? So I, I, I know you're each uh, uh, spending some, some of your retired life uh, working at golf courses. Yeah, well, mine's going to be fine, but uh, I'd love to go see Glade Valley sometime. I wish Mike would invite me. <laughs> can we can we arrange this, Mike? Can we can we can we get a tea, tea time at Glade Valley? Absolutely, he's welcome anytime. <laughs> he's uh, had me over, and we played twice where where he's employed. So I need to return a favor, that's for sure. But uh, I think for both of us, it just gives us something to do. And uh, I'm not the kind of person that can sit around and do nothing. So being at the course a couple of days a week is certainly helps me uh, for, for now fill my little bit of my competitive edge golfing, but gives me something to do in my time so I can stay busy. Well, guys, we wish you well in your retired lives. Uh, thanks so much for uh, coming on and uh, sharing these stories with us. Uh, that is Mike Mummert and Mike Desimone, former athletic directors at Walkersville and Middletown High Schools, respectively. And that will do it for us this week on the Final Score Podcast. My thanks to producer Graham Cullen, as always. And we'll see you back here next week, everyone. Thanks. Thanks.